Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host of the Shine Online podcast and the CEO at Shine with Natasha, where I specialize in Instagram strategy and video storytelling. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know and share my best Instagram strategies with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest conversations, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the show, Gabby. I'm just like thrilled. I'm ecstatic. Me too. This is like a dream come true and I'm not even exaggerating. This is so awesome. So thank you for having me. I feel like we've been like each other's like secret Instagram admirers for like a little while. So like to have you on the show, I'm just like, I'm thrilled. Yes, I I totally agree. I remember the first time you like liked or commented on something and I was like, so I definitely, I think this is long overdue. I'm so glad to be able to have this time to sit and talk with you and talk and nerd out about content strategy. Yes. So before we get into the content strategy part, I kind of want to get a little bit of a background. I know your background a little bit, but like, where did you get to where you are now? And like, how do you serve your clients? Kind of what do you focus on in the world of social media before we dive in? Yeah, honestly, my career has just been a hodgepodge and it took a while for me to settle on social media slash content strategy. I have always been a writer. Writing is my first love. And I thought I was going to be a journalist. So I went to undergrad for English and then I graduated and I was like, I have no skills. Like I did not learn anything to be prepared for the workforce. And so I applied to USC to study PR and I thought that that was going to be my segue. I was going to do PR because I kept being told that journalism was a dying field. So I studied PR in grad school. And that was when um, I had my first internship in social media. And it was in a, at a fashion boutique. And I was shocked because it was my first time seeing influencer marketing and seeing people like getting paid to wear clothes and like look cute. And I was like, this is amazing. So then I became obsessed with social media. And I think like a lot of people who started working in social media in the early 2010s, it was kind of like whatever job I had, it was kind of just tucked in. <laughs> like you're an admin assistant, but you're also the social media manager, go right. for it. And so um, no one really cared and took it seriously. It was kind of just like, it needs to be done. And because of that, I kind of got to experiment and just try things and find out what works and find out what did it and be in the trenches of it and kind of see it grow into what it is now, which was really exciting. And then I remember one day, one of my coworkers at an agency that the last job that I had at an agency, she showed me this book and it was talking about content marketing. And I was like, what is content marketing? And I pretty much found out it's like you're marketing to people, but you're doing it by giving them value, by telling them stories, by like connecting with their interests. And I was like, yes, this is like journalism but marketing, but PR. And so um, from there, once I realized that around the same time that I got let go of my last job, I was like, I'm just gonna go all in, in content marketing. And so that's what I do. I kind of, in my mind, I help my clients to kind of turn their social media into their own little like 
mini magazines for their brands. And I help them to tell interesting stories that not only sell their services and their products, but like help them to build a brand community who really feels like valued and like they're gaining mutual benefit from being part of their brand community. So that's how I define what I do. Oh, I love that. And it's so funny you talking about your journey. I had like a similar thing where like, journalism's dying, do PR. And it's like, yeah. well, thank you for telling us that because we wouldn't be content marketers now, yes. right? It's so crazy. I feel like so many people in our fields, we wanted to be storytellers, right? And then we're yeah. told to do PR, but I don't know about you, but for me, it was hard to be the person like pitching the story to someone. I'm like, I want to create the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, thank God for content marketing where we get to kind of do it all kind of mixed up together. <laughs> Definitely. And I know we've touched on storytelling a few times already. And what does storytelling mean to you for your own brand, for your clients? And how do you think people get better at it? Because I think people sometimes get so stumped on like, so I need to tell this like really long story or it has to be really interesting. And they just get kind of stumped on what that actually means. So can you kind of like give me like your process there? Yeah. So for me, a huge part of storytelling is listening. For me, what I love to do for my clients and for myself is just to listen very intuitively to like, what is the, what is the main heartbeat? If I had to sum this all down into one core thing, what would that be that allows other people to connect and resonate with this? Like to really see themselves or to see a a desire they have or a need that they have. And then from there, figuring out how to make it compelling by adding extra details. But for me, I think that my ability to listen to people is really what helps me to be a good storyteller. I've had clients like tell me often, like, especially if they're thought leaders are like, people think that I write my own captions because you sound like me. And I think it's because you really have to listen to yourself if you're doing this for yourself or if you're a social media manager or content strategist like us, you have to really listen to what the person is telling you and find like that headline. That's what I always think of. If this was like a headline in a magazine, what would be the the, the title that would really get people to want to pay attention? And then start with that. And then kind of like, like you're writing a press release, trickle down to the important information at the end, like where to find it, how to buy it, all of that. That's not what's going to get people to care. What's going to get people to care is the heartbeat of the story. So like for my client, Ashley of Do the Damn Thing, she is a neurodivergent business owner who gets very overwhelmed with all of these different details. And she has used Airtable to literally help her to deal with that in a way that really resonates with her community. And it's not always easy for her. She doesn't just sit here and pretend like, oh, my life is perfect now. It's like, no, I'm having a crappy day, but thank God. I set up this automation so that even though my life is like, I'm not feeling the best right now, I can still operate my business. So that's kind of how I look at storytelling. I love that example because there's like this difference between I'm an Airtable pro and I'll help you get organized versus like, I actually really struggle. And that's why I found this solution because I know you struggle too. Like it, they're not, no, neither one is better than the other, but it just hits different because you're really getting to that human connection, which I feel like, especially on Instagram is almost like where where marketing is really heading of like, it's not just talking about the thing. It's like connecting the dots about the thing. And I, I love how you said listening, because I often feel like 
people are so in our, we're so in our heads that we forget to like, listen to all the things around us. Mm -hmm. Where are some of your favorite places to tap into that? Whether people are like doing it for their own brand, or as you mentioned, I love that you mentioned that of like social media managers and VAs that are doing it for their own clients of like, how do you dig deeper? How do you listen better? Like, are there some things you always lean on there? Yeah. So when I'm talking to my clients, a lot of the time, what I'll do is before we start talking, like when we have our monthly meetings, I was like, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> how so simple. Yeah. Like, how is life going? What have you been up to since the last time we spoke? And they'll just tell me things and I'll just apply that. Like, I'll just be like, okay, this is where you are right now. This is interesting. And then I'll just hold that in a bank and just keep that in my mind. For myself, when I'm doing it for myself, this is weird, whatever. I'm an only child. I talk to myself. All the time. Yes, okay. <laughs> so you understand. I literally talk to myself. I just oh, yeah. dog for a walk. I'm in the shower and I'm just like talking to myself and that really helps yep. me. And then that's usually when I'm talking to myself, I'll be like, that's it. Like, that's the thing. That's the connector. And then what I also love to do, even with like Airtable is when I have those moments, I write it in there yeah. as a draft of a, of a poster or something just so that I can have that just, just keep it in its raw form. Or I'll do a voice message to myself, like to keep those ideas. But usually it's just, just basic questions that you ask yourself and you'll be surprised in how enlightened you'll become. Definitely. I love that process of storing content because I think people often feel like they don't have content ideas, but I, I think it's that we're getting content ideas all the time and we need to not only tune into them better, but we need to like put them somewhere because yeah. I feel like, I don't know if I don't think writer's block is real or not, but I think you're not always going to be 100% creative and inspired. You have to have those systems and those ideas to fall back on, right? Yes, absolutely. I don't know what, like I had to realize that by myself. And I think that that this has been my year of just understanding how my creativity works, what inspires it, when it is and when it's not. And what I've noticed, one of the best things I've noticed this year is like, if I'm writing caption, anything, it needs to be early in the morning. Like first thing when I wake up, because after about 10 a.m. writing for me, like something that could take me five minutes in the morning will take me like an hour. No exaggeration mm -hmm. after that, because I just my mind, I start to overthink it. But then with design late at night is when I really get inspired. So even just noticing that about myself helps me to know like when to tap into my creativity and when to not force it where then I'm like, just throw the whole thing away. <laughs> just throw it away. <laughs> Yeah, I love that because I think not enough times do we think, especially as business owners, where we have that flexibility of like, when am I actually the most creative for all these different things that I need to create? I mean, yeah. filming mode is different than writing mode is different than designing mode. So yeah. I, I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. And I, that's something that I deal with when I talk to some of my clients who I have some that I do retainer for, and then some that I just create their strategy for. And a lot of the time it's mind blowing to them when I'm like, do not do your whole content for the month. Right. <laughs> day, like, don't just like, okay, this is what I'm going to post. And then I'm going to record the video that I'm going to edit the video then I'm going to design. And then I'm going to do the captions. There's no way you can do that in one day. You're going to hate it. It's not going to be your best work. Like you have to really segment it. And I think that you're brilliant at that because I think you you kind of let us in and you really sim simplify everything down to a science of like compartmentalize this, like think about this as a singular thing and then how it contributes to the whole. So 
Yeah. yeah. I feel like with like hack culture on Instagram, it makes it where it almost is like normalizing this concept of like creating all your content in an hour, in a day, when even people that like we create content for other people, that's just yeah. not how you operate and work. I'd love to hear more about your workflow, maybe specifically for yourself, or maybe how it's different from how you do it for your, your clients or for yourself. Like I know you kind of have already given us the behind the scenes. What does that look like month to month, week to week? Yeah. So I will be transparent and say that I wish that my process for myself was how right. (laughs) Do what we do for others, for ourselves. If only. It's literally never that way. But for my, for my clients, what I do is I'll have, I guess I'll start with analytics because I think that that's important. So after a month has passed, I will look at the analytics for the month and I will pick out like the three best performing posts depending on what metrics we've decided are important based on their goals. So if they're really trying to boost um, awareness of their brand, I'll look at reach from hashtags. I'll look at um, average likes, average comments, those types of things. Um, I'll bring that to them in a meeting. We'll talk about what's kind of been working, what's not, what we want to change. We'll also talk about what's coming up in their business. I'll make like a little loose calendar. And from there, I know some people, they like plan out their calendars with their clients on the phone. I cannot do that because it takes me forever. So I take all the information that they give me. And then I have like a brainstorming session where I just sit there and I like look through memes and I... (laughs) And I like think of all of these like ideas and how to like present things in a creative way. From there, I present it to them in Airtable. I'm like, let me know what you like, what you don't like. Once they give me the green light, I um, create the graphics first. So I allocate time to create all of the graphics for the month. Then another day. (laughs) Another day. Another day. I write the (laughs) captions. I recently just hired a, a Um, a copywriter who's helping me, which has been a godsend. So she'll write the captions and then I'll tweak them and then I'll send them to the clients. They approve it. And then we schedule it out. Sometimes I do two weeks. Sometimes I do a month. It really just depends. Like if clients have like a major launch or something, then it's like, obviously I cannot get you all this content for the month. I'll do two weeks, but that's usually my workflow. And for myself, um, you know, I take, it, of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I take it week by week. I like, right. I'm, I'm a lot of the time with my business. I'm like, I know what I want to do for the next month. I have it in my head. So then I kind of just take it week by week, but in 2022, I definitely want to be a lot more intentional about putting the same practice for my clients to myself. But right now it's just like, you know, Yes. Handle it on Sunday. Yes. Show it up where you can. Show it up where you can. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like something I love so much about your Instagram is not only does it really stand out visually, but um, I feel like your content is just really rich in value. And um, I feel like that's your secret sauce. And I feel like sometimes people are trying to, like, they struggle with weird, what's their secret sauce? Like, what makes their brand stand out? What makes their brand unique? So, what would be your advice for people trying to figure out what that could be? for them because, um, I know you, you've preached this so well of like, there's just so many different ways to show up and kind of like giving yourself the permission of like, okay, I'm not a great designer, literally me. So I'm going to lean into reels and like, you're amazing with designs. You're like, okay, I'm going to like lean into design sometimes, you know, like we, we kind of have to find those strengths and everything. Yeah, totally. I have this thing that I call your social superpower, um, I'm working on the name, but it feels good to me right now. Yes, um, I love it. 
Thank you. So it's essentially a social superpower where you find that mix between what you're really good at, what feels easy to you and what your audience really needs. Um, so really, you have to be honest with yourself like you were honest with yourself I don't you don't feel like you're great with graphics, but you're amazing on video. And so that's how you choose to show up. I know people who are not great with just like consistently batching content so they do lives on a regular basis because they're also good at video so you have to kind of just figure out what feels the least force for me what allows me to have the most like time like what enables me to do what i can with the time that i have and then what does my audience respond to um and for some people it just boils down to what you enjoy like um me and one of my great friends to me she's 26 digital and we do lives together like every other week and she was just saying recently like I'm not bad at reels, but I just realized I don't like making them. Like I'm just, right. I just don't. So I just feel like, you know, doing these other things. And so she's moved her, her strategy to focusing more on that. So I think you have to be honest about yourself and you have to figure out what type of content presents you in the best way, but also you enjoy creating. Cause if you don't enjoy creating it to some degree, you're just not going to continue to create it. And so I think that it's kind of a self-discovery process. And I also have unfollowed so many people in my industry, which is like not a, a slight at anyone, but it kind of started to distract me. You cannot follow every yeah. person that's in your industry because then you're going to be like, oh, they're doing tutorials. I need to do tutorials. Oh, they're doing this. I need to do this. And you have to like, like maybe follow people in other industries that you're interested in and pull from that inspiration and apply it to yourself. That's something that I've been doing that's really helped too. Um, because a couple of months ago, I was just, I felt paralyzed. I was like, I just feel like they're all doing these things and I'm not doing that. And like, yeah. am I, like, am I doing the wrong thing? So I think that that's a big part of it too, is like that laser focus. I want to personally invite you to my free webinar that is happening the week of February 8th at 12 p.m. Eastern with replay access. It's all about how to authentically grow on Instagram, where I'll be sharing my two-part authentic growth method for organic growth on Instagram, along with breaking down the common questions you might have around if growing on Instagram is even possible when it comes to hashtags, engagement hacks, and posting frequency, along with just how do you even measure Instagram growth and how do you make sure it's leading to growth in your business? So if you want to learn all about this and leave with actionable steps to apply into your strategy, be sure to register for the free webinar that is linked in the show notes at shinewithnatasha.com slash webinar. I can't wait to see you there. Yeah. I think that intentional consumption is something that we're all struggling with because that's like not the goal with Instagram of like, we're just going to show you things that feel great. You know, yeah. I mean, I think it's not, yeah, it's never a slight at other people, but I do think like, sometimes I got to push that mute button. Like, okay, you're, you're really doing the damn thing. And I can't do that thing right now. Yeah. In some type of way. So maybe we just need to step back, push a mute, unfollow yeah. and like truly curate our experience because it can really limit how we create content and create that paralysis like you mentioned yeah because that paralysis is so real and like it's just being honest with yourself like this person yeah. makes me feel like crap <laughs> like this person is awesome but they make me feel like crap and they make me feel like I'm not doing enough so let me erase that and find things that inspire me let me listen to a podcast go on YouTube just do anything that 
reinvigorates my inspiration so that I can just do whatever is in my lane. Because we all have a lane. We, some of us are in the same lane. There's nothing wrong with that. But you just have to focus on what's directly in front of you and keep trucking with your content. Definitely. Um, I feel like on that, I'd love to hear your philosophy with grids, like Instagram grids. Cause I know there's like been such an evolution and I always think of your grid as being very pretty and very Thank on you. brand. And I know that's something we both like really appreciate is like a good branded moment on a grid. But I think yeah. that's also something that can trip people up of like, I don't have professional photos. I don't have really great design. So like, what's your philosophy there when it comes to like thinking, up a grid for like your clients, for yourself, or what do you kind of recommend for people? So that is such a good question. I, I have to be honest, it's taking me some time to kind of move into this new space of just like, oh, whatever, what the grid? I'm right. like, no, the grid is not the story. Um, so for me, I think that a good thing to do is to make just a pattern for yourself of whatever makes sense like so for me I have like maybe five brand colors so I just literally just go between each of them about once through a round sometimes I mess up I'm like okay you know we'll try the next line yeah the next um, line <laughs> yeah and then also when it comes to professional pictures um you said something earlier about kind of like authenticity and marketing and that kind of we were going towards Professional pictures are not a requirement. They're nice to have. You know, I didn't have professional pictures until this year because I was trying to like elevate my website, but you do not need to go out and have photo shoots every couple of weeks. Like maybe if you want to start by having one like twice a year, just to have mm -hmm. some and then show real pictures of yourself. Like you can show yourself, you know, a picture that a friend took of you. Like you can just show authenticity. It's okay to do that. But if you're really trying to curate a feed, just make it simple for yourself. You can do the, the checkerboard where you do like alternating two colors, yeah. Yeah. which is easy. Or you can do graphic picture, graphic picture. Like usually that's my pattern with clients is usually a, a, a one, two type of pattern where it's like, every other one is the same thing so that I can make it look like, oh, it's not super curated, but it is curated, if that makes sense. I hope that answers your question. Oh yeah, totally makes sense. It's like finding the balance, but also like letting go of the balance. Yeah. Like, yeah that's kind of like the balance essentially. <laughs> yeah. It's like having a roadmap of like every other pitch, every other one I'm going to yeah. do this, but if I mess it up, I'm not going to be like, throw the whole feed away. Even though I will admit right. that sometimes I've made things and I'm like, I'm throw the whole feed away. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm archive that because my whole feed is just like not. Yeah. But you have to just like kind of just give yourself a roadmap and try to follow it the best you can. That's all you can Definitely. do these days. Just try the best you can. Honestly. And I love how you mentioned kind of like the emergence of like phone photography on Instagram of like, that's almost kind of like where it started, except that yeah. everything was very poorly filtered. But yeah. now I... <laughs> <laughs> let's just not use those anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I feel like that's actually what a lot of product businesses actually struggle with is like, yes, great photos of your products are necessary for some extent for launches, you know, that they're nice to have, but I think it kind of like gives that visual, like phone photography gives that same feel of like user generated content from like influencers and creators, which I feel like is really what people want to see on their grids. I'm curious, like, what are some like brands or like styles and trends that you really feel like just work well that might not like might be kind of like 
current, like not, not what happened, like when Instagram first came out, yeah. like, but now that it's kind of like evolved and changed visually or in any other type of content way. Yeah. So for me, I just, I personally think what's great is when a brand has just their own aesthetic that can literally be anything. Like, I don't know if you've ever gone on the Telfar Instagram, but it is very bizarre. Like, it'll be like someone in the kitchen, like next to like a crazy looking stove, but they have a Telfar bag, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and that's their aesthetic. It's I think it's like really figuring out what your brand is about. And then you can create an aesthetic that works with what you have but it's also showing your brand in a way that it's professional. And for me, that's just my philosophy with content strategy in general. It's just like work with what you have. Like if you yeah. go on Etsy, all you will see is people with lip gloss brands holding their lip gloss up to the sun with grass in the background. <laughs> like, right. And they sell thousands of products. So it's really just about figuring it out. If you're a nail or like if you sell like nail, like what do they call press on nails? Yeah. You can just have like a special way that you hold your hand or like different backgrounds. Like I think that that's the most important thing is like making it signature where people can just tell it to you. Like I had a brief period where I was doing like I was sharing my books that I was reading every month and I was just posting a picture of the book in front of my head and my head wrap. Yeah. And that was my thing, you know? And I think that that's one, the easiest way to do it, but also a way that helps you feel a sense of like pride. Like this is yeah. my aesthetic. This is what I do and work on elevating it over time. Once you have like more resources or more skills. Definitely. And I feel like aesthetic can kind of like scare people, but I think yeah. that signature element is like really what people need to lean on because it like, it's all about this like consistency thing of like, there's so many different ways to break down consistency, but essentially like when you're showing up a certain way in a consistent way, like not only do people like identify your brand that way, but like they feel safe. Like people mm -hmm. love knowing, like, I know every day I'm going to see this type of content from this brand. And I'm kind of curious, like when it comes to consistency, what are your thoughts or tips or strategies for this? And I want to like really lean into the sustainable part of things because I know you really value that avoidance of social media burnout and doing Instagram and social media in a way that we can sustain and enjoy and not be overwhelmed with and stressed by. So what are your tips there when it comes to like, okay, I want to be consistent, but like, I need a break. I'm tired. Yeah. I want to maintain it. I'm doing too much. Yeah. I, I just love this conversation because I have almost given up on social media so many times before I've gotten to this place. My last job, I was managing like eight different accounts and I was so burnt out. And I told myself after I left that job, like, I never want to manage social media again. So for me, the whole idea of sustainable social media is just really focusing on whether you're a business owner or you have a team, just what makes the most sense and redefining consistency. Mm -hmm. um, for a long time, and just even now on social media, you'll see consistency is posting every single day. It's posting three times a day. It's posting on every single platform every day. And it's just like, that is not sustainable. It's not, if you cannot sustain it, it's not a good strategy and it's not going to work for you because what's the point of posting every day or every, three times a day and then falling off for six months where you're going to have to start over. And so for me, my first thing that I tell people, especially when I work with them is like, how many hours do you have 
to allocate to social media consistently every single week. Like, let's start there. And what is a day in the week that you can choose where you know that you will be able to consistently allocate that time? And it really is that simple. It's like picking them a number of hours, ideally pick a day and a time and dedicate that time to being your time to, to producing your content or working with your team to figure out the plan. From there, it's really just about using that time strategically throughout the month to figure out what works best for you. So for some people, I think that's another thing that's important is it looks different for everybody. I think a lot of the time people look for this one shop answer as to how to do it, but it really depends on you as a human. And like, you can give people an amazing infrastructure. I can give them an amazing infrastructure, but it really has to boil down to what, what you can actually do, right? So mm -hmm. for some people, I'll tell them, week one, create your strategy, week two, batch your content, week three, make your graphics, week four, write your captions. For some people, they're like, I would rather just create my strategy one week and then create two weeks of content this week and then create two weeks of content this other week. So you have to, one, know how you work and how much time you have and what are the things that are going to inhibit you from being consistent? Like, what are the things that are going to be roadblocks for you so that you can offset those? And then also, I think being flexible. So if you have a time where just life is kicking your butt, because that happens to us, and, or maybe you're in a new location or something happened, have a plan B. Like, so for me, when I'm really busy and I can't schedule my content, I make it a mission to try to go live at least once a week, because then at least I'm showing up for my, my community. I'm checking in. I up my amount of time that I'm on stories. So you're yep. still seeing me. You may not see me on your feed, but you're seeing me in your stories. You're seeing me on live. And so it doesn't feel like I'm not active. That's another part of being consistent to me is like showing up no matter what, <laughs> like however that means. So if you have to adapt, adapt, but just try to do what you can, of course, unless an, an emergency happens and you just can't. So for me, that's really what sustainability boils down to is just those things. But they're really, I think people are always looking for this answer, this ultimate oh, yeah. answer. And I just don't think it exists. And I'm sorry to disappoint you all. Yeah, I know. We're, yeah. we're the bearer of bad news with that yeah. one. It's like, <laughs> we're not saying a number. Yeah, it's like, I can give you the perfect workflow that is like immaculate yeah. and you see it and you're like, oh my God, like this is going to solve all my problems, but it's still going to have to be a willing, like a commitment to showing up, mm -hmm. a, an openness to being adaptable if things don't work out and setting yourself up for success and however that makes sense for you. Yeah. I love how you highlighted those non-negotiables because I think really leaning into that is really what can ease a lot of the stress that comes with social media and identifying that that's enough for the season. Like I feel like there's so many seasons in entrepreneurship and being a business owner. And I think we can often be resistant to that, but I feel like the same thing happens with marketing and content creation and Instagram of like, there's going to be seasons where your capacity is different. I remember one of my clients, she like messaged me and she's like, I'm just now starting to implement the plan we created last year. Like all I could do this year was stories because we were doing all this big stuff on the back end and her business saw amazing growth. And I'm like, 
that's actually really good because you identified what you can do consistently and you stuck to that, even if it was just stories, even if it was just something. And I think there's like a time and place to like dip out and have a nice little vacation and a nice little intentional break. But I think by not posting just because you can't do the most is not the best option always. Like you can still do a little bit and that's still enough, even if you can't do a lot of it, you know? Yeah. What you just said is so prolific. It's like, what season are you in? Are you in the season of like, I need to get on social media and build this presence for my brand? Or are you in the, my business is growing and I need to build infrastructure behind the scenes. Like sometimes the, the number one party is not always social media. Do not kill me social media manager. Yeah. (laughs) We're not supposed (laughs) to say that. Yeah. But it's like, sometimes in like, that's the season that I have been in for a couple of months now. Like I decided I was going to launch products and serve clients and launch a new like website and do all these things that were really important to me. And as a result, I can't sit here and and make content all the time, but I will just do what I can and still show up. And I haven't, maybe I haven't grown exponentially in the way that I could have if I focus on that this year, but I wouldn't have been ready for that growth. Like Mm -hmm. people would have been coming, knocking down my door and I wouldn't have been able to handle it. And that would have imploded my business. So you also have to understand the season you're in and what is capable, what you're capable of and what you can sustain. Like that's really, that's so prolific what you just said. Oh yeah. And it's that level of self-awareness that is like really tough of like being honest with ourselves of like, we're placing this pressure on ourselves and like, it's good to uphold that when we have the capacity, but like being honest with ourselves and being like, it's okay if we don't. And I I know you mentioned product business. So I want to talk a little bit about your content cards. How do they come to be? How the heck did you do this along with all the other things you're doing? And I love them. So tell us about them. (laughs) I'm so glad that you love them. Thank you. Um, So I had a meeting. It was so funny. I had a meeting with one of my sorority sisters at the beginning of the year because she had a business with her husband and she needed marketing support. So we were talking about that. And she was telling me about another business she had where she had affirmation cards that she thought were really cool um, and they were doing really well. And she was starting to like help other people create cards. So she was like, you should create content cards. And she kind of like helped me to brainstorm everything. And I just was like floored. I was like, this is the most genius thing I have ever heard in my entire life. So as soon as she told me about it, I just became obsessed. And I like dedicated weekends of the year to just brainstorming them and like putting them together so first I I don't know if you do this but anytime I see a post that I'm like obsessed with I just save them oh yeah my saves are crazy crazy yes (laughs) there's so many posts I like literally just went through all of my save posts and I kind of just Mm. them as market research of like what are the consistencies like what are the things that people across multiple industries do um, that are effective and work. And, and I kind of thought about the three main things I think every business needs to do to use our social and their content to grow, which to me is engage, nurture, and convert. Like those are the three phases. And I was like, okay, I just like built out 31 cards. I remember I told my friend who's a business owner, she was like, why only 31 cards? And I was like, you don't need more than 31 cards. No. Because you're not even posting like seven days a week. I hope not. So then that's 20. And then you have another 
11 and you don't even have to use all of those you can reuse some yeah. every week you can use two for three months like it right. really doesn't have to be all of that and so um i did that and somehow i ended up with a product i really don't know how <laughs> I honestly, I just, and that's, I think that speaks to a similar thing we're talking about with social media, just taking it one step at a time. I just literally was like, step one, what are the cards going to say? Step two, yeah. what are going to look like? Where am I going to order them from? Yes. <laughs> and just like the next thing. Shipping. Say, yes. All it the was, things. It was literally like once the thing happened, like once I approached yeah. that challenge, I was like, okay, how are we going to troubleshoot this? And then kept going. So it's been amazing. I, I've, I love the reception that I've gotten so far. People just saying like, it makes it fun. It makes it easy. I have like, I just immediately opened them and I had so many ideas. And that's just what I wanted for people was to just not think of content in such like a, like a mysterious, like ambiguous way of like, I have to right. find this. It's like, no, just make it fun, infuse your brands, infuse your messaging and boom, like you're good to go. Yeah, I love that so much. And I feel like it kind of goes back to that concept of non-negotiables that we were mentioning yeah. of like, you just have your cards next to you, just pull one and just yeah. let it be what the card said it was going to be. Yeah, and then just put it, it on Instagram, put it on social exactly. media. Just take it a step at a time. Really think about it the way we used to think about MySpace, the way we used to think about Facebook yeah. before, you know, it became Facebook or Meta. <laughs> like just <laughs> right. think about it, like how fun it was, like, on MySpace, you know, you just like found a cute theme and you found your theme song and you just yeah. had a fun time. And I feel like just because we're doing it for business doesn't mean it has to be scary now. Right. Oh, I love that encouragement. And I feel like everyone is listening to this in 2022 in the future, because we are still in the past future. <laughs> and I'm curious, like, what are you like, what are your predictions? What are you excited for in 2022 when it comes to content yeah. marketing? Like, what do you think is going to be trending next year? I'm just curious. Okay. So one of my number one trends that I, I am already seeing unfolding is like calculated transparency, mm. which sounds so morbid, but <laughs> hear me out. So I think, I think that for a long time, especially in our industry and in aligned industry, it's very much like I am the know-all say-all. I made six figures, seven figures, eight figures doing this. And now I'm teaching you how to do the same. And it was kind of like you had to be, you had to position yourself as a thought leader who just never made mistakes and just knows all the things and just helps yeah. people transform. I think this year we started to get some transparency some authenticity. And I think next year it's going to just like go deep dive where people are going to just really hone in on like being really honest about the times when things aren't easy, when things are failing. I've been seeing it happen more. And I think, I just think that that's where the future is going. I don't know if you've been seeing a lot of like the Will Smith thing, stuff going around yeah. of him being super like transparent to the point that it's making some people uncomfortable. But I think yeah. that Will is a social media genius and he is usually... Yes. Foreshadowing. And I think he's the perfect example of what we're going to see mm -hmm. is people just being like, I've been doing this amazing seven figure business for 10 years. And now I'm going to tell you guys everything that has happened that has been a challenge. And I think it's going to really help us to get back mm -hmm. to the core of social media. So I'm excited about that. Ooh, I love that prediction because we just watched the YouTube documentary of Wills. Yeah. And I just remember the whole time, like I was trying to be a like regular viewer, but like I kept saying like, he is just, this is marketing genius It is because he was like pre-launching his book while also 
really being just so raw and open. I just feel like it was so powerful to see him just like really pull back the curtain and show his process, show the feelings, show the emotions, show the struggles that weren't supposed to be in the film. Yeah. And I do agree that that's something that when done in an <laughs> ethical way, I think it is almost just freeing, a freeing way to share. And I think with marketing in general, I was having this conversation with someone the other day of like, I feel like with webinars, for example, it used to be kind of like a secret, like you're going to join this free workshop and it was just going to be a lot of great content, but then you got a pitch at the end and you're like, Oh, yeah. I didn't know that was going to happen. But now, I mean, most people know if you're joining a free masterclass or right. webinar or whatever, you're going to get sold to. So it's like, we almost know it's like, there's, there's less of this secrecy quote unquote around marketing and selling and our intentions of growing our businesses that's why we're doing this but taking it to this deeper human level I love that I'm excited yeah. about that for I'm excited year. about that too I like I really I just feel like it's what we need we've gotten to a point where I think things have just been curated to the point that they just can't be anymore. Yeah. And like you said, we're so smart as humans. Like we, we, we know, we can see when someone is selling to us from 50 miles away. And I think that if we can just be more honest and say like, I am passionate about this. This is what I want to do. I want to make money from this. This is also very freaking hard. Yeah. <laughs> and just meet people where they are. I think it's going to change a lot and hopefully for the better. And, and it'll kind of just shift a lot of how we feel about social media in the process. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Perfect way to wrap this up. We <laughs> predicted it at the beginning, but yeah, you're probably going to be back on eventually. So yeah. just get your mic ready. <laughs> so if people want to follow you, connect with you, work with you, pick up a deck of cards, where can they find all the things? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at strut to success, S-C-R-U-T to success. Um, you can also go to my website, which is strut to success.com. You can shoot me a DM. I love talking to new people and getting to know everyone. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Perfect. Thanks for chatting with me. It was so fun. It was beyond an honor and I had a blast. So thank you. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you loved the gem shared. Be sure to check out any of the important links I mentioned in the episode show notes. Don't forget to follow the show to be the first to know when our next episode airs. If you loved what you heard, I'd so appreciate it if you left us a review as it really helps support the show. I love seeing your takeaways from the episode over on the gram, so be sure to tag me in your stories at Shine with Natasha. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. See you next time.